Young, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? Hanging in there. How is New York City? New York is, um, you know, it's it's definitely there's some there's some tension in the air, um, but uh, it's a really it's a really fascinating time to be here. You know, it's like a very powerful moment, and um, yeah, it's 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 uh, the mood is, uh, is is really interesting out there right now. It's it's uh, it's calmer than people would think it is, but it's it's also, you know, um, there's a lot of change happening everywhere right now, which is pretty fascinating to watch up close. Yeah. Are you excited for basketball to come back? I feel like that's the thing I've been asking everyone now. Yeah. You know, um, I am nervous that it might not come back given some of the things that we've seen happening with, you know, all these players getting diagnosed um, and, you know, the numbers in Florida exploding. But if it does come back and everyone is safe, um, then, yeah, I'm going to be obviously going to be really stoked about that. How about you? Yeah, I was thinking the other day just how it sucks that the Raptors don't get to like properly defend their title. Yeah. In terms of like having a playoff run at Scotiabank arena. Um, and, you know, obviously having the fans um, not, not just in, in arena and, and outside and obviously not the most important thing right now, but it does suck that that was taken away from them. So hopefully they just win a championship at Disney world. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be nice. You're right. It's, it is something I thought a lot about, um, as soon as the season was was canceled originally, um, yeah, it's something I was thinking just that. Obviously, by far, you know, people's health and safety are the most important thing to worry about. But this was my favorite Raptor season in a really long time, you know, shaping up to be possibly my favorite Raptor season ever. I just, you know, such a great team, so many great moments. And um, it seemed like, you know, things were things were sort of peaking at the right time and you're right. It's a shame that we didn't get to see them play it, play it out, especially, you know, going into a bubble situation with like the second hardest schedule uh, possible for them. Um, it's not going to be ideal, but yeah, I mean, if, if it happens and, and, you know, I, I feel like they've got as good a shot as anybody right now, which is, which is going to be fun to watch. So. Yeah. I'm sure Nick nurse has experience coaching on, on like a Disney world, Spain or something like that yeah so he's, exactly. he's probably the most experienced <laughs> yeah, yeah. in trying to handle this also shout outs to you well you write for gq you work for gq and you put nick's uh you put nick's uh famous hat uh on your weekly recommendations list so shout outs to you man yeah that was uh that was pretty hilarious that was that was great that that he uh his official instagram account i think you were the one that that pointed this out to me too that uh they used <laughs> They like they screenshotted my my little write up about it and used it as an ad to sell more Dick Nurse hats. It was you know a real career <laughs> highlight for me. So something I'll never Yo, forget. Na- I'm gonna tell my kids about that one. Name another NBA coach that's on a GQ weekly recommendations list, man. But also Nick, sure. why are you selling that hat for sixty bucks? Come on, bro. I know. I mean, it is for charity, I guess. So he's got that, but. I agree. The 60 bucks is pretty steep. You're not going to see a lot of the fingers hats out there. Yeah, I, I need a different colorway, but I'm scared uh, his design team will come up with like a camo colorway for, for the <laughs> MN. Or so, you yeah, know a camo yeah. colorway is coming if they expand. <laughs> I, want, I want like a Nick Nurse signature guitar. You know, I've been, uh, that's been like my, my quarantine activity. I, I bought a guitar and I've been playing it really badly, just been trying to teach myself. I want, I want that Nick Nurse signature acoustic that I can walk around 
uh, you know, board a plane with it strapped to my back. Did you read that? I think it was an ESPN article that in Florida right now, the at the hotel that the Raptors are staying at, Nick has like brought all his instruments and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, like, I, ju- a piano I just picture, yeah, I'm just picturing like yeah. Matt Thomas rooming in the room next door and not being able to sleep because yeah. Nick you know just won't stop playing. <laughs> you know what I was picturing? I was picturing like uh, that scene uh, in the Last Dance, like after after. <laughs> After they win, oh, in that's right. And MJ's back. After, and he's got that like, yeah. he's got that like pearl white piano that he's like, <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, dancing across the keys in, in his in his hotel room. That's that's Nick Nurse right now. Every night after practice, that's amazing, man. I honestly can't think of right. another head coach that has like this much sauce and like cultural influence. Yeah. And no. it's Nick Nurse, man. It's just this like fifty year old white dude. I know you tweeted something like like that yesterday, right? You said something like. Uh, you can't believe the Raptors have the coolest team president, coolest GM, coolest coach. And it's true. Yeah. We really do have, like, you know, yeah. The that, coolest that might players. might be homerism on our part, but we just, it's just, oh, what, a, it's, what a team we it's, have. It's heavy homerism. That was just me trying to get a Tangerine sponsorship. But, um, no, for <laughs> sure. Like, and, and, and I think probably a lot of bias on our, on our end, too. But I feel like these players, this group of players – are just so likable, so easy to root for, and they create so much like social content too. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. I mean, listen, not to again boost my uh, my own uh, place of work, but uh, but name another name another team that had two players get GQ's big fit of the day on the same day, right? When Serge and OG showed up in the giant scarves. Um, that was a moment, man. That was a that was a menswear moment. Yeah. Did you push for that behind the scenes, or, or did uh, did the bosses make no, the that decisions was, that, on that big fit? Honestly, like I, I definitely put it up for for discussion, but that was a unanimous team wide decision that that had to be covered on the site somewhere. So Can everybody you was the paying scarf attention. Thing, the scarf thing was this season. It doesn't even feel like it. I know. I know. It seems like six years ago. It's true. Um, can you also believe Cam Cameron Payne was on the Raptors at the beginning of this season? <laughs> Not at all. Do you remember the Raptors went to Japan? That was this season. Um, so speaking of cool players, uh, what a transition. Yeah. Um, I have you on here today to talk about Vince Carter, the legacy of Vince Carter and his career. Obviously, he officially announced his retirement uh, two weeks ago now, I would say, after 22 seasons in the league. First of all, if someone told you as a kid that Vince would play 22 years in the NBA, what would you have said? Well, as a kid, you know, when uh, when I was like 9, 10, and, and he had just come in the league and I idolized him, I probably would have said, yeah, of course, he's going to play 22 years with the Raptors. We're going to have 22 rings. I don't know how, <laughs> how he's going to fit those on his fingers. But, yeah, that totally makes sense to me. I, I, I wouldn't have blinked. But uh, no, looking back, it, it is obviously uh, a pretty astounding achievement. Um, yeah, L- looking looking back at like the careers that he overlapped with and, and um, all of the eras of the league that he lived through, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, the best is the video game comparison. The first screenshot right, right. of him in like... NBA Live, probably. Um, well, that's the crazy thing, too. The, the the one that I saw of that is that they couldn't even find. He was already wearing, you know, the uh, the like the, the the 2000 jersey in in the screenshot 
which means that they couldn't even go back far enough to find a screenshot of him from his rookie <laughs> year. That's how that's how old he is. It's wild. No, it's it's ridiculous. He came. I think his debut was also Paul Pierce's debut. Like his first right. ever game in the NBA was against the Celtics. Um, so what do you remember um, about those early Vince years? I mean, we'll obviously get to the slam dunk contest, um, the playoff series against the Sixers, but just Vince arriving in Toronto. Yeah, you know, those years um, are so etched in my memory. It's obviously when I really, really became a basketball fan. You know, I'd grown up liking the sport, loving the sport because of my older brothers. Um, but Vince arriving the league put the Raptors on the map immediately. And it, it was just as I was, you know, um, my brain was forming real thoughts. I was 9, 10, like I said. And um, I remember all of that so vividly, just just how suddenly, uh, you know, basketball was hyper relevant uh, where we grew up which it had never been, you know, uh, uh, Toronto is, is obviously a hockey town and, um, and Vince arriving immediately changed that. And the impact that he had was, uh, was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, th- I feel like younger people and maybe people that more recently started following the Raptors don't remember the days when just the Raptors just weren't a big deal in Toronto. No. I don't I don't know if you even remember like being able to go to Shoppers Drug Mart and buy Raptors tickets. Yeah, no, for sure I remember that. And yeah, the the Raptors were 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 seen as a joke, right? Even by people uh, you know, in Toronto. Um they had, they had a real Mickey Mouse feel to them those those early years and um and people forget, right? Like like look at the Grizzlies. They they never got anybody of consequence. They never achieved anything of consequence and they were shipped off to Memphis right away and that easily could have been the Raptors fate had you know Vince not dropped in their laps and changed the course of the franchise and honestly basketball in our country forever yeah by the way speaking of the Grizzlies I think it's time we all revisit when Steve Francis pouted his way on draft night out of Vancouver an all-time an all-time Canadian sports moment I saw a clip the other day and I don't know why I just started laughing hilarious and look at that like right that's a that's another name stevie franchise who um it feels like he played in the nba approximately 70 years ago um and he was drafted the same year as vince they shared rookie of the year honors and you know look at the, the difference in how they're at least longevity wise their careers panned out it's, it's insane yeah you can't tell me steve francis and katino mobley didn't happen in the 1970s that's what i'm saying point, yeah right? yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, that rookie season, and that was the only season I think I have it correct that Vince wore um, the the Raptors Dino jersey because they had switched the jersey mm-hmm. the year after. And I just remember specifically um, him dunking over Dikembe Mutombo in Atlanta. Yep. Um, the reverse uh, dunk against the Pacers when he went baseline, um, and that was the year I think they played part of, if not most of the season at Maple Leaf Gardens. And it was him or Glenn Grunwald or both of them at the final home game. I remember he guaranteed that the Raptors would make the playoffs the following year because they were 23 and 27 that season. It was a it was a lockout year mm-hmm. and there was just so much excitement about that team. And I feel like we forget too. like at that time, you know, you were thinking it was going to be T-Mac and Vince for like the next 10 years. Right. Right. Yeah, that's going to be our MJ and, and Pippen right there. Um 
No, it's true. And, and, and yeah, if you think about it, I think, I think you're right. I think they started the year at, at Maple Leaf Gardens, but I'm pretty sure they moved into the ACC his first season, I think in like February or March. So really everything locked into place that one season, right? We finally have a generational superstar. We finally have our own building. Um, and, and, you know, Vince sort of helped usher all of that in. And you're right. He made, he made that guarantee. And then the Raptors, he followed it up, right? He backed up his words. We did make the playoffs for the first time ever that next season. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's basically the, the future of the Raptors uh, basically locked into place all in, all in the course of, uh, of that one season. I love the vets on that team too, man. Like when mm-hmm. they started getting like Oakley, Willis, yeah. D Brown, Del Curry, Muxy Bogues. And like you watch those early Raptors teams. Like this was the first time it felt like it was a real NBA team in Toronto. Of course, man. Yeah. I was a huge Oakley fan. That was my Jersey. Um, I had a, uh, I had an, I had a Charles Oakley Jersey and shorts. Like I had the full uniform and I would wear it constantly. Um, basically I'd come home from school and wear it, you know, all afternoon watching cartoons, eating dinner, and then to bed, and then only take it off the next morning when I had to get ready for school again the next day. Oh, I didn't know you were like that big of an Oakley head. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was my guy. That was my guy back then, for sure. You have a lot of Raptors. You have a lot of Raptors jerseys. What's your Raptors jersey collection looking like overall? Um, I don't know. I haven't done, uh, I haven't kept an inventory. Uh, I think, I think the most, I have, I have three DeMar jerseys um because i i became a huge demar head all through the 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 2010s as a lot of us were um yeah i don't know i i probably have eight or nine i'm I'm on no i'm nowhere near on the level of uh of some of the collectors that that i know that you're friends with and and, and interview but i definitely uh, i definitely have my fair share of raptors gear no those guys are on another level i still need to pick up a jeremy lynn raptors jersey yeah. Yeah, man. Same. I, I do have like I have a I have a the Chinese New Year jersey. I have uh, I have Mitchell and Ness did a, a special like throwback Chinese New Year jersey as well with like a T Mac one that I have also. So I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty covered on that front too, which is kind of great. Yeah, I'm not I'm not big on the custom jerseys, but I might need to custom a number ninety nine for Matt Thomas. You got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah. I feel like, if anything, if anything, he should make that for you. You know, you, you, you established his legend so hard uh, among Raptors fans that uh, I think, I think he, he, yeah, he owes you some, some royalties checks. Honestly, NBA players got to hit me up, man. Uh, This is Matt Thomas is proof that I can do PR for literally anybody. It's true. Matt Thomas should give you Um, a job, man. You should be in charge of his merch line. You know, you should be running point for his PR operation. You should be Matt Thomas's like number two. The first thing I would tell him to do is buy out Gretzky's and take over 99. Because <laughs> uh, there's already a 99 sign there. Um, I've, I've, I've perfect. always wanted him to do a photo shoot there. You know what? I might, I might hit up, I might hit him up after with this idea and he'll just leave me on red. Yeah. So back to Vince, man, um, I was rewatching the slam dunk contest the other day and uh, you know obviously everybody knows about the 2000 slam dunk contest and just how iconic yeah. it was uh where were you when you watched it uh i was definitely at home i was just yeah i think i was with my whole family 
we were watching it in our living room and, and I was jumping from couch to couch going crazy. <laughs> um, I just remember freaking out. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah, obviously everybody knows how iconic that moment was. And just from the minute he did that first dunk, you know, the reverse 360 windmill, um, you know, everything changed in that moment. Right. That was ridiculous because any one of those dunks would have made it iconic, but he did all of those mm-hmm. dunks. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, st- I still remember when he did that elbow dunk and he just hung his elbow on the rim. Like, I, I literally did not know what was going on. Yeah. The only, um, you know, if we're going to quibble with a, with a perfect <laughs> dunk contest performance, my only thing, I remember thinking this just as a kid, it only just pops to mind now that his final dunk when he takes off like two feet or like a foot with, inside the free throw line and does the two-handed dunk, if he had just... You know, he obviously was capable of it. If he had just taken off a step sooner, I think he just mistimed it. That would have been, you know, perfect. Just legendary. Um, it's a little bit less impressive when it's like, you know, a couple feet inside the free throw line. No, that is the one letdown. Um, especially because he made that his final dunk and he made such a big yeah. deal out of it, right? But they say, you know, they say it at the time. Like, like I think if you hear the commentators, like, you know, that was a safe and smart dunk to win you know, to secure the, the title. But he already had the title in the bag. He could have he could have gone balls out to that last one. But yeah, obviously an incredible um, game-changing moment, that, that dunk contest. Do you think he was right to not ever do the dunk contest again? Or should he have done one more? I think so. Um, no, I think, I, think, I, I think one and done is smart um, in that case. Obviously, I would have loved to see what else he could have come up with. But um, you're not going to top that performance. You're only going to, you know, take away from that legacy. So kind of keeping up the mystique and, and, um, and letting it speak for itself is, is pretty great. And, and, and obvious, and also too, you know, the thing about, you know, if you look back at MJ doing multiple dunk contests in the eighties, he had, you know, iconic people like Neek to go up against. No one was really on, on Vince's level in his prime you know what i mean i I don't think we would have seen any great duels like dunk duels like that um or like we've seen the you know the last few years um with uh with with aaron gordon and and zach levine so um i think he was smart to sort of yeah to 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 let it let it uh launch him into superstardom and then and then sort of step back and and uh, let it do its work yeah i'm trying to think of dunk contest rivalries now like before levine and Aaron Gordon. The only one I can think of is Dwight Howard versus Nate Robinson. Yeah, which is not great, right? So <laughs> there are a lot of lean years in the dunk contest. It feels like we only get good ones, you know, every uh, every twenty years or so. Um, these these sort of iconic dunkers emerge. And um, before before we move on from the dunk contest, I do need to mention though that uh, um, the absolute best uh, best fit on the sidelines from that dunk contest is very underrated. It's Michael Keaton is sitting courtside and he's wearing like these incredible tiny sunglasses with a Nike ACG hat, like a yellow ACG hat. Perfect. (laughs) It's a perfect fit. That's what we should have done, man. Just you picking out people's fits. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, I did want to talk. I did want to talk a little bit about, about Vince, Vince's fits. Um, Baggy jeans, Vince, or what? Yeah, well, just for all the style and swagger he had as a player, 
um, man, the guy, you look back and, and, and like League Fitz tried to do a little tribute to Vince. And I, I know they struggled to find anything worthwhile. Like a lot of times you look back at, at these at, at these player fits from, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And some of them are like low key, really dope. And Vince's fits are just very questionable, pretty much across the board. Uh, it's a <laughs> lot of like taupe, matching baggy taupe camp shirts with like linen pants. I, I just don't know what he was thinking. And, and then, and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, just a lot of, a lot of questionable decisions on, on, on his uh, sartorial part there that I can't stand who behind dressed, as much as I love the guy. Who, who dressed well during that era though? I mean, outside of like Iverson setting the standard and I think it was super cool when Kobe wore like all the sports jerseys during one of the yeah. finals. Um, well, like mean, I'm trying to think, like of that era, who was like dressed well? Yeah, you're right. There, there, there aren't a lot of like standout, you know, people. But, but for the most part, even if if, if a lot of those people were just wearing like velour sweatsuits, I can get behind that. You know what I mean? That's a cool look. That's clean. That's classic. Vince did, you know, bust out a velour sweatsuit here and there. But for the most part, if you look back um, at just old photos, if you just Google. Vince Carter style. It's not. It's not pretty. <laughs> Actually, I forgot to mention Tim Duncan, man. Tim Tim Duncan accepting his MVP award in uh like jorts and like a pair of like, bootleg <laughs> Burks, um, just like all time iconic. So you're saying Hilarious. fifty? You're giving a fifty for Vince's dunks, but zero for his fashion. No, I'll, I'll be kind. I'll give him like uh, I'll give out of fifty. I'll give him um like a, a fifteen. <laughs> that's you being kind <laughs> well it's not a zero you know he was dressed <laughs> yeah he uh he actually made the effort i feel like too like i guess the bigger thing too i feel like that was before the era of like players having their own stylists and really carefully curating their look right right, right. yeah he like, sort of just these missed days, that whole these era. days these days like you can't show up to an arena like not having no, a prepared fit You'll get clowned if you if you dress badly, you know, on your way into an arena these days. So um, you got to come correct. And yeah, sadly, sadly, Vince did not have that luxury. <laughs> Unless you're Marcus Sol, though, Marcus Sol, you can just show up in tech fleece or uh, team issued gear, and it's pure sauce. Well, you know, literally, that might be because he was trying to cover up some unwanted bulk. But the way he's looking now, he might he might want to show off that beach body. You know, he's rocking so. We'll see. We'll see what we'll see what quarantine Gasol brings to the bubble. If you if you haven't pushed for some kind of Marc Gasol glow up feature at GQ, um, you shouldn't be allowed to come back to Toronto. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> like you, you need to be working on that because you've already done search. You've you've given the Nick Nurse glow up. Um, I think Mark. We'll see what I can make happen. Is, I'll definitely no, I'll throw definitely. it out there in the next pitch meeting. You have to. Um, so, you know, when I think back on Vince's career, um, especially here in Toronto, I just remember so much of like just controversy around him too, right? Like um, mm-hmm. Charles Oakley um, getting into like words with Vince's mom, um, obviously the graduation. And I'm even thinking of, you remember this, when he was just basically pressured uh, to give up his starting spot to MJ in yeah. MJ's final all-star game. And I was thinking a lot about that one, actually. 
um, because everybody talks about the graduation. And I don't know. Do you have anything to add to the graduation? Like, I just thought, I don't know. This man made a promise that he was going to attend his graduation ceremony and it just happened to be on the day of game seven. Like, you know, I don't equate that with him missing the shot at the buzzer. For sure. Obviously, you know, of of his many controversies, and and I'm sure we'll go into some of the others. I think those two in particular um, are ranked pretty low on the controversy scale for me. Um, you know, you can't blame someone for working really hard, earning a degree, promising your mom you would do that, and 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 wanting to go to their graduation ceremony. And and yeah, I think you're right. I think I think it's 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 overblown a lot. It it wasn't really the reason he missed a shot at the end of the game. Um, you know, I think people have, have, have looked into it and he had plenty of time to rest, you know, the night before and, and, and on the plane that morning. And, and it, it shouldn't really have, have, you know, been looked at in that light, which is unfortunate. And, and the MJ thing too, I think, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I understand why people wanted that, but if, if, if people really wanted MJ to start, they would have, they would have voted for him. Right. I think is, is, is the truth, right. That, more people wanted to see a young Vince Carter in the All-Star game throwing down insane dunks than, you know, a sort of passes prime MJ, Wizards MJ uh, coming out there. Um, it was enough that he was named to the team and, and he was going to be there. He was going to play in his final All-Star game. I, I, I don't really see why, uh, you know, it was controversial that, that Vince, who worked really hard and earned his spot as a starter, you know, was 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 somewhat reluctant to give it up yeah i will say vince always seemed like he was really uncomfortable with all these things like whenever he was in the Mm -hmm. spotlight like even with the mj thing like he ended up giving him the spot but it was a very uh kind of last minute thing he kept it from everyone and he could have just avoided answering those questions for three weeks if he had just come out and said that i'm going to give the spot to him but i think there was also a part of him that just didn't want to give in to, to people making those suggestions for all the reasons that you mentioned. And it doesn't matter anyways, because all anyone uh, remembers from that all-star game is Mariah Carey and the wizard's dress. Um, yeah. That is literally the exactly. only thing. Um, I mean, what other controversies? I mean, I mean, we could get right to kind of the end of his tenure here. Um, I, I feel like people kind of just gloss over that now and I get it um, because he's reconciled uh, with the city um, and he's had such a long career, and the Raptors are obviously successful now. But man, that final like half season that was that he was here before he was traded in December, like those are some dark days, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I, you know, I, I, there there are two. I, I kind of have said this before that um, the two main faces that I remember Vince making a lot are one his sort of mean post dunk stare down, and then the other the other one is is his sort of whiny scrunched up face you know that if you ever hit the floor <laughs> you, you would look like he was dying and i remember yeah, grimace, basically all i remember yeah. yeah the grimace and all i remember from 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 that last year and a half or so that he played as a raptor uh is that face right he was making that face constantly he was pouting openly and um and it's true I, it is it is a little bit of a of a of a you know sort of a stain on his raptors legacy if you want to call it that um not that he pouted and uh, force his way out, but more that even now, even in his 40s, even after the long career he's had and the reconciliation and, and, and you know, all of the time that's passed, he still is sort of unwilling to own up to his part in that, you know, and, and sort of um, admit 
his fault. And, and yeah, obviously the Raptors had their own problems, right? The front office was a mess and they weren't putting anyone good around him. And, and I would have probably wanted out of that situation in some ways too, but at least to say, Hey, you know what guys? Um, I was young. I screwed up. I, um, I, uh, I sort of just wind my way out of here and, and, and looking back, I regret not giving my all to you. I think, I think that would, that would, you know, go a long way towards sort of converting the, the, the people that are still uh, hating him after all this time. Yeah. Where do you stand on that personally? Have you just kind of let that part go? Yeah, I, I think I've, I've let, I've let a lot of it go. Um, obviously in the moment um, when he left, I, you know, I booed him viciously like everybody else. I was there. Um, whenever the, whatever the first year, was it 2006 was the first year, the, uh, 2006 or seven when the Raptors made it back to the playoffs uh, for the first time. They played the Nets in that first round series. Um, yeah, 2007 I was there. when they when they accidentally wore the red shirts, I think, for the Nets. Yeah, the yeah, shirt. I was there at that game. Um, and yeah, and the Nets were wearing the red jerseys. And, uh, and yeah, I was booing Vince every single time he got the ball, just like everybody else. But yeah, like I said, you, you get older... You know, you remember the good times, you let a lot of that stuff go and, and you kind of just see, you know, he, he, he shouldered a lot of responsibility and, and, and made, you know, put Toronto on the map as a basketball town um, in his, in his tenure. And, and, and it's hard to sort of overlook that and, and not forgive him um, for the, for the way things ended after that. Yeah. I think it's such a, it's like a combination of things too. Like you mentioned, like the front office didn't put a good team around him and like rest in peace rob babcock but like that trade was horrible for the raptors um, yeah, yeah i remember they they could have gotten guys like uh i think sharif Abdurrahim was available i mean it's just basically mm-hmm. anyone but like alonzo morning eric williams and aaron williams um and i remember how sad it was to play as the raptors in like video games after yeah. Vince left like you trying to drop 25 points with eric williams just to make yourself feel better um but the other thing too is like Those are some lean think, times, man. <laughs> Raptors fans were just like, and maybe Toronto fans in general too. Um, just the stigma of like players not wanting to be here, right? And yeah. this was such. Uh, this just reiterated that of you know this guy did make yeah. a commitment to stay, and now a few years he wanted to leave. And like the saddest thing for me is just that roster deteriorating. Um, I mean, man, honestly, low key, I was super excited when the Raptors signed Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, the mm-hmm. year after they made the playoffs and you know if I told you like in 2001 after Vince missed that shot in game 7 that Vince would never play a playoff game again for the Raptors like that would have been just like I wouldn't have believed you at all but that's what happened yeah that would have been mind blowing for sure and shout uh, out to yeah, it's crazy. Child. Uh, remember that Pistons Raptors series that is very forgotten now <laughs> I do yeah I remember that whole end of the season um I remember Antonio Davis, like uh, after the last game of that season, when the Raptors snuck into the playoffs, you know, sort of making this, this, this grand speech about, um, yeah, just about, about how, you know, thanks for not giving up on us. We didn't give up on you. And, and it was this big thing that they, they won like 12, I think they, isn't that right? They won like 12 of 13 down the stretch without Vince uh, to, to make it into that, into that uh, series against the against the Pistons. Yeah, they 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 did because um, Vince got shot down. 
And right. everyone thought the season was over. And, and then they make this push like 12 out of 13, I think like 16 out of 18, and somehow get into the playoffs. And totally uh, just remember uh, Jerry Stackhouse just bending his knees real low at the free throw line um, mm-hmm. every game. Uh, those are my I only mean, that memories. Just, that just goes to show, right, how impactful he was in such a compacted and short amount of time um, is is sort of unprecedented for for any Raptor, uh, at least uh, you know aside from Kawhi, I guess I would say. Um, all of Vince's accomplishments, really, the, the ones, the things that we remember, the Rookie of the Year, the dunk contest, uh, you know that that duel, that second round duel with Allen Iverson, all of that came in his first three seasons, and then yeah, he stuck around Toronto for another three years, but you know uh, was in and out of of the lineup with injuries and. Um, was never quite the same player uh, right, right up until, you know, he, he showed up on the net and started trying again. But those three years were so important and so huge that we remember him so fondly still to this day, which is kind of kind of remarkable. Yeah, and I always think about, and I know T-Max actually talked about this, like uh, mm-hmm. what if uh, T-Max hadn't gone to Orlando and they would have stayed. And, you know, obviously we know what kind of player uh, T-Mac turned out to be. And it's funny to talk about Vince as kind of like a sidekick, but I could have easily envisioned like T-Mac maybe taking a more of a lead role. And Vince would have been more comfortable being kind of his running mate, like still putting up the same right. numbers, but but not having to just be in the spotlight by himself. And man, man, if, they had, if T-Mac had stayed and, and Vince was healthy, like you tell me, that team probably plays the Lakers in the finals like twice. It's true. It's true. Although, you know, you, you also have to wonder with, with these what ifs, it's also like, you know, it's like people saying would Harden have become, you know, the Harden that he is now if he had stayed with OKC. And it's it, it, it's tough, right? Like, I don't know if T-Mac would have become T-Mac had he not gone to Orlando and, and gotten his own team and, and been the man. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's that's fair, too. Um and it's funny you bring up how you were there for when the Raptors played uh, Vince's Nets. I also, uh, my greatest Vince Carter memories are also of him coming back to Toronto and just terrorizing yeah. the team. Yeah. Every time he came back, like I have these all mixed up now. So there was the Mopey technical foul incident, which everyone mm-hmm. I think is familiar with when um, he slapped Mopey, but the ref only saw Mopey slap him back. Um, there's a game winning three that he hit in 2006. Uh, where he hits it and then he runs to the other side um, of the baseline. There's the playoffs. And then that playoffs was 2007. And I think the following year is when he hits the game-tying three. And that's the game where he gets the game-winning alley-oop, that reverse dunk in overtime. So basically, this this Vince was basically like LeBron in Miami going back to Cleveland, just like annihilating the Raptors every time he came back. And it just made me so mad. No, for sure. Yeah, it was infuriating to watch. Very hurtful. <laughs> and and also him going to New Jersey and then just suddenly trying <laughs> was the worst. Yeah. Like, suddenly he yeah. was dunking again. <laughs> exactly. He, he started making his mean face again. <laughs> um, I know, that's actually, but I do think... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that... Uh, I, I, w- I went back and I watched, you know, a bunch of old Vince highlights in preparation for this. And that is the one, the one thing that makes me so mad is, is when you, when you watch like top 10, you know, the top 10 Vince dunks of all time, like the top nine are all Raptors highlights. And then the number one is always his Nets dunk over like Alonzo morning drives me insane. But that, that dunk is honestly, I think that's like in the conversation of like best in game dunk. 
in like NBA yeah. history. And he, I mean, it he's got two of them. Like obviously mm-hmm. the the dunk over Fred Weiss at the Olympics. Well, that's just the greatest um, dunk of all time, in my opinion. You know. Yeah, um, you know what? I wouldn't argue with you. And my favorite part just, of that dunk will always be Kevin Garnett almost knocking someone out because he's just threw an air punch after because he was so excited. Yeah. Well, I think Vince actually almost knocks KG out too, right? Like when he comes down, he doesn't know KG's behind him, and you see him sort of swing his right arm, just like give a right hook, and it almost catches KG in the in in the uh, in the chin, which would have been insane if that happened. <laughs> yeah, and that was a cool Vince era too, because he had the fro. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He grew out his hair for those Olympics. It, it was like, um, yeah, it, it was like Jay Z between albums, you know. <laughs> that's, that's what he does. Exactly the comeback look. Yeah, that's what I tell myself too. Whenever um, I don't get it, <laughs> right? right. That's, yeah, that's what especially I'm especially during the It's like, it's like, I nah, don't worry, bro. Four months. Yeah, it's like, don't yeah. worry, bro. I'm in album. I'm in album mode. I'm in <laughs> album mode. <laughs> it's like, what album? Um, uh, no, the the Kevin the KG thing is hilarious because I I got to ask him um, last year about that dunk, and he said that the whole team USA had a bounty on who would dunk on Yao Ming. And oh wow! KG said, "I think it was a million dollar bounty. I might have to check that." But he said he was so excited in that moment, and you know, you know, it's like well known that KG just locks into this like other world zone. Yeah, when yeah, he's playing yeah. basketball, hyper focus. And he said in that moment, he just thought Vince had dunked on Yao. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you guys were <laughs> playing France. Like, yeah. how's that even like? Like, that's how like out of this world. He's like, I was so excited yeah. in that moment. Because I thought Vince had hit the bounty. Um, and I'm like, all right. That's KG, incredible. I mean, I think he still really, deserves it yeah. for jumping over a seven foot three guy. Effortlessly. He really, he, he, he really does. That honestly, I will never get sick of watching that dunk or the Alonzo morning dunk. I think I like the Zoe dunk too because uh, Zoe didn't report to Toronto after the Vince trade. Yeah. So yeah. like he got what was coming to him. Um, that's true. That's true. But I mean, he, 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 I feel bad for Fred Wise, right? He basically destroyed that man's career. Yeah. And it could have been anyone, but it was, um, he was a perfectly placed, uh, seven foot three man, um, for the perfect moment. But yeah, Vince, I, I think, yeah, I remember Vince for just obviously all the highlights we talked about, but the controversy Mm -hmm. and him as a New Jersey net. And then he just goes on like six, seven different teams and wins yeah. like veteran of the year awards. Um, this is like the biggest turn that I feel like a superstar has done in like the last 10, 15 years. Like no way you could have envisioned this, especially for Vince. For sure. Yeah. He just basically, you know, uh, he stayed or he stuck around and he matured and he became a different player and he acknowledged um, his limitations and transformed his game in the, in the process. And yeah, and, and he became a beloved vet. He, I don't think you've ever seen that before. You've never seen a superstar age as gracefully as Vince Carter did. Yeah. And such a, and such a abrupt ending for him too, right? Like you mm-hmm. play in the league for so long and, and then obviously the pandemic hits Rudy Gobert test positive and he just checks into this meaningless game against the Knicks and hits a three and that's it. Yeah, I, I still think. Ways, I mean, uh, pandem- pandemic concerns aside, I still think the Raptors should have brought him to Disney World just for like one game. That that would have been amazing. Yeah, 
But, you know, in some ways that, that, that final Hawks moment, hitting that three, coming in at the end of the game in this bizarre turn of events, um, it's, it's sort of like the perfect capstone for such a, you know, strange and, and, and winding journey for him. He came into the league, like you said, during a lockout shortened season. He left the league at, at this weird consequential moment in world history. Um, it's, kind of, uh, it's kind of fitting in some ways, too. So where do you stand on the jersey retirement thing? Um, do you think he should be the first jersey retired in Toronto? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think for all the reasons we've just talked about, right? Um, he Just think about the, the massive impact he had. You know, obviously, people call it the Carter effect with inspiring all these young Canadians to, to take up basketball and eventually make the league. Um, you know, he basically saved basketball, professional basketball in Toronto. He took the Raptors to um, their first playoffs, their first playoff series win. Um, you know, he went to multiple all-star games as a Raptor. Uh, he was the first to do it. You know, the first, he's like our first love. He definitely deserves to have his jersey retired first as well. Even off the court, you look at the impact. I think an underrated part of Vince's legacy that, that, that a lot of people don't know about is that um, he was so powerful in Toronto at that time that uh, when he opened a bar in Toronto, he opened a club and he found out uh, that bottle service was technically illegal in Toronto. He changed provincial, uh, he changed, he like basically single-handedly lobbied and changed provincial, provincial liquor laws so that bottle service was a thing. And it, it has been ever since, which is kind of insane to think about a basketball player having that much clout um you know to literally shift an entire province's liquor laws i think he is responsible for like 80 percent of the raptors beating other teams at like 12 30 games on sundays right exactly <laughs> just because of the balls did you ever did you ever like run into raptors players at clubs i vividly remember tj ford roped off in bottle service at circa um, that's amazing no unfortunately by the time i was old enough to go to clubs i had left toronto for for university um, and I don't think I've ever seen anyone since, which is, uh, which is a shame, but yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> I think for the Jersey retirement thing, I'm with you. I think Vince should have his Jersey retired. Um, I don't know if you agree with me. I think Colin DeMar eventually should have mm -hmm. their jerseys retired. And I think with Kawhi, it's tricky just because he really, you know, played less yeah. than half, less than a season here. If you count the, you know, all the games that he sat in, in the regular season. I feel like they should compromise and have a, a statue of his like game seven shot outside the arena. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, I think what would be nice is, you know, the, the, the Leafs have that like row of statues outside of the ACC. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It would be cool if we had a similar one for the Raptors and yeah, you could have Kawhi's shot. And I think I've, I've, I've said this to you before that I, I, I think when Kyle gets, um, a statue outside of the Scotiabank. He, it should be him taking a charge, like him basically <laughs> at like a like a twenty five degree angle with with a random uh, knee in his chest. I think that would be perfect. Uh, I, I think the Kyle yeah. statue too. They should carve. They should carve every uh, Twitter handle of, of Raptors Twitter that has defended Kyle Lowry over the years. <laughs> Uh, this is the thing I'm obsessed sure. with lately online. It's just uh, Raptors Twitter just completely bullying people whenever they say anything wrong about You're Kyle. So sensitive, I but I love it. Amazing. No, it's 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 honestly perfect. Um, 
Well, before we wrap up this Vince thing, uh, we have to talk about his sneaker legacy as well. Uh, I recently wrote yeah, a piece absolutely. about Vince's sneaker legacy on uh, soulsavvy.com, which you can check out. And basically, he just told Young to tell me his entire life story and his love for <laughs> Vince and turned it into my story. So tell the listeners uh, about your love for Vince's sneakers. And tell that story of how you tracked down a pair. It was in Shanghai, right? I was in Singapore, actually. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I, it's basically just that, you know, so Vince, uh, Vince, uh, basically, he started his career with Puma, as everybody knows, and eventually, you know, bought his way out of that contract, again, sort of courting some controversy in that way. Uh, he spent his second season wearing a bunch of different sneakers from all different brands. He, he wore uh, and won Tai Chi's in uh, that dunk contest, which was legendary and and was a huge moment for that brand um, at the time. And then he became a Nike athlete. And that's sort of where his sneaker legacy really takes off, right? He became the face of their Shox line, which was launching at that moment. And Shox was this much hyped technology. And uh, among kids my age, uh, definitely it was like the most, you know, you know, those Boeing commercials, it, it made everybody think that, you know, there are these springs that would make you jump 20 feet in the air uh and everybody needed a pair and then having vince come on board as as the face of nike basketball and wearing their first uh shocks basketball shoe the bb4 uh you know only made that hype even greater and he wore those shoes when he jumped over fred weiss as we talked about at the olympics uh which was incredible and then uh you know the following season after that vince finally got his own signature shoes he uh he got you know the vc shocks series basically which uh, which went on for a few years and those um are some of my most you know treasured and 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 um favorite sneakers of all time largely because no other raptor has ever had a signature shoe of that caliber right um with their name on the shoe uh and so it's it yeah it holds a really special place in raptors history and toronto sports history uh, in sneaker history and, and, and also just in sort of my personal history, just, you know, playing middle school basketball at the time, those were the sneakers that everybody wanted, that everybody, uh, really cherished and, and needed to have. And, and I never had a pair of them as a kid. So it's just one of those classic sneakerhead things of, you know, as soon as you're an adult and you start making your own money, uh, and you start making your own poor financial decisions, uh, you start <laughs> going after every pair of sneakers you wanted as a little kid. Uh, and never had. And so uh, the Vince shocks have always ranked really, really high on, uh, on my must have lists. And, um, and it took me a long time to track them down. So, uh, so, so the, the, the VC shocks to uh, his second official signature sneaker are, you know, some of the most, in my opinion, some of the most beautiful uh, on court basketball shoes ever created. They're just really smooth and luxurious and um, yeah. And they, they also inspired one of the greatest Nike ads of all time. You should look that up on YouTube if you haven't seen it in a while. And uh, for years I would search for, for them on eBay and uh, because they've never been reissued, none of Vince's official uh, signatures have ever been reissued. Uh, they're extremely rare and people, you know, would, would only sell these kind of busted pairs for $700, $800, just the kind of money that I definitely didn't have at the time um, and still don't really. 
and uh, and I'd sort of given up on on ever finding a pair. And yeah, one one year I was I was on a trip to Singapore where my uh, where my parents are from originally, and uh, I was at this weird sort of very old kind of dusty mall, you know, kind of on the outskirts of town. And I found this, uh, this sneaker store there. And it was this really weird old sneaker store that definitely didn't look like it had been cleaned at any point, you know, in my lifetime. Uh, it was just sort of cluttered with, with boxes piled to the ceiling and um, everything was in disarray and disorganized. And yeah, I, I stumbled back there and I managed to find a pair of dead stock uh, VC shocks too, um, perfect condition. And, uh, and the guy was just shocked that I even wanted them. It was like they had been sitting on the shelf since 2002. He never thought he was going to sell them. And I came in and, uh, and uh, you know, basically was like, I will give you any amount of money for this. And he sold them to me for like ticket price, basically, which I think was like $160, which is insane. And uh, yeah, one of my prized possessions. And I will never, never forget the joy of that moment. It was, uh, it was a pretty wild, pretty wild time for me. Man. How come I only ever hear about these sneaker stories and they never happen to me myself? Um, next time that... you're in Asia, man, you just gotta you just gotta wander off the beaten path a little bit. Yeah, next time I'm in Asia, man, I don't know when that's gonna be. True. It's it's, it's gonna be a while. And this is how old Vince is. This man, Vince Carter, had a Nike commercial when Joe Budden was an up and coming rapper. That's Death right. Road. And now Joe Budden is a, the old, crusty, controversial podcaster. Um, exactly. And you said, and you told me too, like, you think, because they've, they've uh, reissued, you know, certain versions of the BB4, but like you mentioned, they haven't mm -hmm. um, retroed Vince's signature line. And that's something you feel like should happen, right? Yeah, uh, I don't really understand it. You know, uh, like I think I, I said to you in that interview, um, in those sort of lean post Jordan years and before Kobe made the leap from, from Adidas to Nike, uh, Vince was really the face of, of Nike basketball. And those were some of the biggest sneakers at the time and, and the hottest sneakers at the time. And it seems strange to me that, yeah, he hasn't been afforded sort of the same um, respect that a lot of people in his class, uh, you know, T-Mac and Iverson especially uh, have been afforded by their sneaker companies in, in sort of getting those those classic sneakers retroed. So, um, yeah, Nike, if you're listening, I would love for you to bring back uh, the VC series because I still don't own the VC Shocks 3. And uh, if you could make it a little bit easier for me to get my hands on a pair, I would, I would very, very much appreciate that. Yeah, Nike, help my guy complete his collection, man. Um, I think, too, looking back now, and thinking about it it's like a pretty iconic moment for uh drake to show up in the raptors first finals game uh in, the, sure. in the bb4s because he wore like the raptors colorway and he obviously wore the del curry the del jersey, curry jersey yeah and, and troll del curry like i think with time that fit is going to age really well like for historical purposes yeah i absolutely agree um I mean, it helps that the raptors won game one too if they hadn't maybe it would uh it would be looked at differently but um, with everything breaking the way it did, that is a legendary fit for sure. Yeah. Well, all right, Young, I really appreciate you uh, making the time, coming on and talking about Vince. Um, hope you stay safe in New York and hope we get to talk soon.
You too, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.